Hey, Bill, we're having Matt Preston of the Apathetic Vegan Podcast on today's show. That's a big deal to celebrate. Aren't you glad he's on the show today? Let us start listening. I don't care at all for your humor. Nuts to you. And now, it's time for an awkward transition from awful puns into an ad. Attention rebels of the sure pollution. Today's podcast is being brought to you by Audible. You can get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash Sherpa. There are over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. And now Mr. Bruce will lead you into the Sherpa Chalet. As a reminder, please don't disturb the yak. Welcome to Too Many Podcasts, the podcast about podcasts. Now, podcasting from the Sherpa Chalet on Mount Podcastia, he's your host, Jim, the podcast Sherpa. Hello there, Rebels, and long time no see, or wait a minute, you never see me, so long time no hear, or something like that, I don't know. It's me. Jim the Podcast Sherpa. We are in two for too many podcasts, and we are in day two. And if you missed day one, it was yesterday. If you're listening in real time, that was my interview with Jared Easley. And today we've got a whole new interview with another podcaster. And as I mentioned yesterday, this week's theme of the shows is starving and eating. And today it's eating, but it's eating like a vegetarian. And who better to talk about vegetarianism than my guest? Who's our guest today, Sherpa? His name is Matt Preston. He's a guy from Jersey who hosts a podcast called The Apathetic Vegan. And he's not exactly vegan, but he'll talk about the title in our interview so you'll understand. We had a really great conversation talking about food and exercise. Now, vegetarianism may not be for everybody, but it's something to consider if you want to live a little bit healthier. And as Matt explains it, he's not a militant vegetarian or a militant vegan for that matter, that there are ways to just ease into it and make it just a lifestyle choice. And that's fine. Why don't we take a listen over in the kitchen of the Sherpa Chalet to my interview with Matt Preston of The Apathetic Vegan. Hello there, Rebels. Back again for the first time (laughs) with my guest. His name is Matt Preston. He hosts a podcast called The Apathetic Vegan. He's a guy from the East Coast, kind of like me. And he's got a podcast about a lot of healthy eating and staying fit, and that's the kind of stuff we're going to talk about. So, Matt, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Jim. Uh, If for nothing else, uh, your patience is definitely a a welcome sign for sure. (laughs) No problem. No problem at all. So, uh, we usually like to start off by getting to know our guests a little bit. So, why don't we kind of start from the beginning with you and how you kind of came to create your podcast? Oh God! Um, well, obviously, always a good start. I mean, it, it's it's one of those things where you don't necessarily know you're doing it until you're kind of doing it, you know, which, which is a weird thing. But um, I always kind of start with my journey being 
kind of one of those things that health isn't necessarily on your radar until it needs to be. And I was lucky enough that I was never unhealthy in general, like good genes and whatnot. And I began to realize in my 20s, you know, I was thinking to myself, I don't have, I'm not predisposed to X, Y, and Z, you know, like I said, in my family or, you know, anything like that. But as, as, as I thought more and more about it, I'm like, okay, but I can be healthier, even though I'm not outwardly experiencing any negatives. I want to really embrace the positive of being naturally thin and naturally hyper or high energy, I should say, you know, and in good shape and whatnot. So I kind of began to explore that more. So I was never really a big foodie, kind of like an eat to live kind of guy. So as that began to go deeper into my, I guess, conscious and subconscious and whatnot, it was something that I really began to explore in a deeper, more meaningful way. And as I did so, I began to realize there are a lot of people in my shoes that are either A, not healthy, but they're kind of afraid to ask the right questions or ask any questions at all, or B, they are, they naturally are healthy, but they just don't know where to start to really utilize that natural part of who they are. So all that being said, I thought to myself, well, let me try to help those people because uh, I, I was really getting into the gym. I was really getting to, into health and nutrition. Um, I finally got a nutritionist. And like I said, I was always like a basic plain eater, but I figured, all right, well, let me do what I can, because as you can tell, I'm a natural talker. So uh, I like to um, ask questions myself. And I did that a lot, believe me. And I would do my research and I learned a lot. And I figured, well, there are a lot of people in my shoes. So if I can help them kind of through example, by asking the silly questions or the multiple questions or the same question in different ways, because it takes a couple of times to get it in, you know, all the better. And that's kind of what I did. And that's what led to the uh, to the podcast that I've started doing um, when I was, you know, having a conversation a whole bunch with uh, with my nutritionist. Your show is called The Apathetic Vegan, but you're not actually vegan. You're more vegetarian. Right, right. Full-blown vegetarian. But it's kind of like a play on words where I would hope to one day be a full-blown vegan. But for a lot of reasons, I'm not. Like I said, I'm not really engaged in my eating. I, maybe I'm kind of contradicting myself, I should say. I'm engaged in that I eat healthy and clean and basic and whatnot, and I'm very aware of the good and the bad that I'm consuming. But at the same time, to be a vegan, you really have to dig into the minutia of all the ingredients and everything that goes with it, because there are so many animal products and byproducts that go into almost everything. So since I don't necessarily get that deep into it, for now, I'm just a full-blown vegetarian. I know there are different levels of vegetarianism, right? There are some where... Some of them don't eat dairy and some of them do and some of them eat fish and some of them don't. And where, where do you fall in that spectrum? Oh, I would say just pretty much, again, simple, basic vegetarian green. Uh, meat hasn't been on my radar uh, in a while as well as dairy, milk and like God, I mean, now I still I, I'm not even really like a big egg eater or cheese really. So but I, I don't. I'll have them on occasion. So like I said, it's not full-blown vegan, but it's one of those things where I didn't realize, like, that's a great question because I didn't realize the levels that there is to green only eating. And, um, I, as I got deeper into the, uh, to the study, so to speak, or to the lifestyle and the diet and whatnot, I found that a lot of people really do break it down into, I think that there are some vegans that will still consume honey, but others that do not. And that's kind of like a point of contention within the community, if you can imagine. So none of that is on my radar, really. Um, for any number of reasons. Like, I'm not a honey eater anyway, but it's just like it, there are, yeah, multiple levels to it and it's just something that I found very interesting and it, 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 it can be good as long as you approach it from a good positive headspace. So why is honey so 
controversial? Is it just because it's an animal byproduct? I think so. Yeah, like I said, I just it's funny. Like a couple of the um the Facebook groups that I belong to or that I would kind of look into, uh, like in kind of like getting the podcast out there and the recipes that I have on the uh, website, I would read into it and like some of the rules and regulations that they would have on the side would say something along the lines of and don't bring up honey. We don't want to cause any problems between the community with honey. So I guess yeah, that's simply the 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 basic part that I took is that it still is an animal byproduct. So you would assume like vegans wouldn't consume it, but I guess there's another subset that do. Of course, I hope, no pun intended, that I'm not butchering it. And a lot of vegans right now are rolling their eyes at me because um, I'm still learning to and exploring this journey. But that that was my understanding, if you can imagine. And I guess you don't want to be part of the great Facebook honey debate. <laughs> For obvious reasons, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that Those are the kind of labels that don't go away, right, Matt? No, for sure, for sure. They follow you your whole life. But yeah, it's the energy, too, that, that you associate with it. And I've always said the one thing that I don't like to engage in for any number of reasons just it's not really part of my character personality let alone i just don't see any benefit from it is when you come at any topic from a militant standpoint and that's left or right your religion your stance on x y and z whatever it is and there's a lot of militancy within everything especially today and i just don't see it ever i mean if people have great but i've never seen it lead to a coming together a joining of the minds a an exchange of ideas in a positive way you know you're the only vegetarian in your family, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, uh, it, it, it wasn't that hard for me to become a vegetarian in the first place. Like I said, for a lot of people, it is a difficult journey. For me, because I was never, again, a big foodie, it, it, it wasn't a hard transition. And as I went down it, the one main thing that really turned me around – it, from completely just getting off of um off of animal at least from eating meat and uh and whatnot was realizing that i'm consuming the flesh and the remnants or whatever of a being that was once alive and that their life was more or less probably not that great and even if it was okay for most of it by the end it really did not end well for obvious reasons and the more and more i thought about it i just became more uncomfortable you know consuming meat i'm like you know it, this was a living being and, and even if you disagree on the definitions of life and this and that and souls and you know all religions and politics and everything being as it is it just was something important to me that i began to realize more and more that it meant something to me and i couldn't in good conscience do it anymore especially somebody like me who never liked zoos as a kid and was always an animal person was always you know certainly a supporter of animal rights and welfare and the more and more i put it together and like everybody like that and my family and friends and even co-workers they all support you know they don't want to abuse animals or anything like that but they're still meat eaters i really think literally my circle of people i'm the green only eater maybe somebody at work or somebody that they know you always know somebody i'm the guy that people know that's a green only eater so they always you know point to old maddie of course but uh i try to look at it from a positive standpoint and embrace the optimistic spirit that i am just naturally and i bring that into the conversations i have with family and friends and whatnot especially like my nephews and nieces and we'll talk about it and it's one of those things that they usually i can't change them on it of course because they just like their diet it is what it is but at the same time they know where i'm coming from and we can have a good conversation about it and i just like to inform them however i can and just leave it at that lead by example by just being positive and go from there sure yeah understanding is really the core of anything really <laughs> especially when it comes to eating and you know it the more that you know is really going to help you in the long run, especially if you know you might have health problems or something like that, and 
looking at yeah. a, a new way of eating, if it's going to prolong your life or something like that, it's always, always worth it. So tell me what, what's a typical day with like what you eat? I mean, do you have like a, a very strict kind of food regimen during the course of the day or do you, you mix it up a lot? Or what, what does it go? Give me like a sample day with like breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Well, basically, and I'm sure this won't surprise anybody that's certainly familiar with me and or The Apathetic Vegan, of course. Um, it, but obviously, if you're not, I just keep it very simple. As somebody, again, who wants to engage one day very soon in his eating in a more meaningful way with my dieting, because I know there's so much, you know, delicious, wonderful food out there that you can enjoy as a uh, vegetarian, let alone vegan, I very much look forward to it. But left to my own devices, I keep it all very simple. So one of the basic mainstays of my dieting and my eating habits in general is a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Now, how many times have I said it to a bunch of people? I haven't. It, I would have them as a kid and a teenager a little bit. Then for 10 plus years, they weren't on my radar like at all. But out of nowhere, as I realized, okay, uh, I want to stay green and I want to stay healthy and just less processed food and all that stuff in general. What can I do? But how can I, you know, uh, do it for myself? Keep it easy to make or cook, as I call it. You know, you can't really cook a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I, I consider it that because you know it does take time and, and there are ways to mess it up. So I think I do it well. So I just started making just that as pretty much my dinner for when I'm home. Now, I'm also a salad guy. So my main dinners usually are either salads or peanut butter and jellies. Uh, my breakfast, pretty much uh, Cheerios or um, some combination of that, like just bran flakes, something like that with um, like flaxseed and raisins and almond milk and, you know, healthy snacks. And um, not really a lunch guy, again, because it, if I get a little hungry, I'll go for like the easy, quick snacks to go for. But other than that, yeah, I really, it's not extensive. And, uh, I do look forward to it changing, especially related to the gym and all the time I put in at the gym. So, you know, I really got to get there for sure. What do you think is the hardest thing that people do that really screws up their diets? Let me put it like this. I guess the best way to say would be overcomplicating it. Um, if you know you're predisposed X or you're infected with Y or Z could happen because of your family history – you can avoid those things, but do it smartly and do it with a positive headspace. Because if you know one day you might become diabetic, so you can't really go too far with soda, then start to back it off ahead of time. You know, so don't overcomplicate it like that. I've always said for so many reasons in so many different facets of life, just go with baby steps. And that's the same thing with this is just don't overcomplicated. Don't make it more difficult than it needs to be. And I did that for a long time. And that's what turned me off toward everything. Now, in a sense, I still am kind of basic. How many times have I said it in this podcast alone, let alone just on my own podcasts? I always kind of break my own stones about it, where I just keep it very simple and basic. And like it's like a child's palate. And even like my nephews and nieces, again, will eat better than I do or, or more involved in their eating. And uh, some of them even like to cook and all that. But that's what I just tell people. Just, you know, if you know it's going to cause problems, then just don't go down that road. You don't have to. And sometimes we do because it's quick and it's easy and it's cheap. The standard American diet, an acronym for SAD, or SAD is the acronym for standard American diet, of course. Um, a little reverse there. But yeah, that that's kind of, I think, the best way to really realize that you can be healthy if you want to, or at the very least begin to eat healthy if it's not a big part of your life at the moment. And I think that's what happened. You, you kind of really uh, made reference to it that when you're a kid, I mean, unless there's uh, unless there's a pre-existing medical condition or a food allergy that you already know of, 
you, you kind of eat everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you drink a lot of soda, you can eat a lot of junk food, and nothing happens. You can eat a bowl of candy, and well, it's, you know, run a mile, and, and all is wonderful. And then you hit a certain age, and all of a sudden the doctor says, you know, you really shouldn't be eating like this. <laughs> so it, it, it really forces you to look at your diet a whole different way. Oh, yeah. And usually, like you said, that that's when you're at the doctor's office and you're running up against, you know, weight problems or uh, hypertension, diabetes, heart disease or anything like that. And that kind of sucks for the obvious reasons, because it really does start when we're younger. Because like I said, it's really cheap and easy to go for the junk food and the crappy food. And I mean, like we weren't the worst eaters in my house growing up with my parents, but we weren't that good either. And especially that's just more information out there now. We realize now, especially how you really can't claim ignorance per se. If you don't engage in it, if you don't explore it, fine. But to not take advantage of that, you know, you're shortchanging yourself and potentially your family, your friends, your kids, whoever. And, um, you know, so those are just the variables that I've learned. But yeah, I mean, it really does start at home. And well, <laughs> I'm hardly coining that, you know, I know it can kind of be a little corny, but it really is the... It really is your environment that makes a difference, for sure. Yeah. And as you said, also, exercise is a big part of staying healthy as well. So you're more into the cardio than the strength building because you said you were more interested in being lean, having more of a lean physique than a than a bodybuilder's physique. Well, it, you know, actually, it's all on my radar. So it's like a little from column A, B, and C. But at the same time, because my eating habits being as they are, I it's it, like I, I love to do cardio. It, it's it's my jam, corny as that is. It's my therapy. It's what I enjoy doing. It's where I zone out, or I'll just listen to a podcast or music, or maybe even occasionally look at one of the TVs. But it's usually just all over the place. So I just focus kind of like what's on my uh, my headphones at the moment and yeah it, it really kind of just preaches to my soul and and i remember liking all that stuff like the track and field and stuff like that cross country when i was in high school but i also do like the light and maybe heavy weight training as well so it really kind of is full body and for a lot of guys out there you know that's got to include your legs and your butt too because most guys don't focus on that and of course i have uh, friends at the gym that'll bust my chops for that but i'm like well listen full body's full body so i kind of like to do everything but like i said until i become a, a more engaged eater in that regard, I'll always be like my body type. I don't know. It, it, toned, athletic, fit, thin tone, fit, thick, you know, there, there's all uh, fit, thick, fit, thick is, uh, something that I would not even be able to aspire to. Cause again, because of my eating habits in one sense, I am plateaued and I've been for a while. Um, but I'm realizing if you're going to be plateaued, you may as well be kind of, if you're like stuck in neutral, maybe another way to put it, you may as well be stuck in that neutral in the best way possible. So even though I'm really not putting on the muscle weight that I'd like to, health-wise, aesthetically, you know, endurance and strength, I am where I'm happy. I am better than I was in my 20s, ironically. I'm in my, ugh, air quotes, advanced 30s now. But I'm in better shape now than I was when I was younger because I'm finally taking advantage of my natural abilities and uh, obviously being high energy and being a gym guy for sure corny and douchey as that sounds i don't (laughs) that's not my thing when i go there i go there for you know like i said for just so many reasons and i love it and i miss it Uh, i'm not sure i think you're going to put this up uh toward the end of the year you know i I don't want to you know go too far ahead but uh, of course by the time this is heard hopefully the gyms will be open no matter when that is if you put this up next week i hope the gyms are open so let's not you know let's not go crazy there but 
yeah, I, I pretty much do everything at the gym and it, it doesn't necessarily show, but one of my good friends that I met there, uh, that I trained with or used to when the gyms were open, um, you know, it's been helping me as well. So I'm getting there. And I know once I get out to California, I'm pursuing one of my projects and I'm able to work with other people out there. I can't wait. It's really going to be that much better. And I just really look forward to it. I'm manifesting my best there. Now, also with like building muscle, they always say that you should be increasing your protein intake. But as a vegetarian, does that get a little tricky or you just go with like protein powders or anything like that? For me, the latter for sure. Um, but, and, and no doubt, again, if there are vegetarians or vegans listening to this, they will say, no, no, no. I think that sticks in a lot of the crawls of people that have adopted that lifestyle because that, I think, is one of the stereotypes that, oh, well, you know, you're vegan, you're vegetarian. How are you ever going to, uh, you know, put on muscle weight or anything like that? How are you not going to be 90 pounds, you know, pale, pasty, and shaking in the corner, you know, afraid of your own shadow? And there are any number of sources that you could still get, you know, protein, let alone just other nutrients and, good stuff like that, and your diet that don't include meat. However, for me, again, left to my own devices, I have to rely on the supplements, which I'm not nuts about as well. And I, I haven't necessarily seen great results from, but I still like to at least do something because I know at the end of most days, I'm at a caloric deficit. And especially when I spend an hour plus at the gym every night, I, I got to take something. So if it's a placebo, I'll still take it. I'll take the win. What about like soy and tofu and stuff like that? That I know that usually provides protein and some people just can't look at it. Oh, well, it, as long as it's, see, a lot of the times, a lot of that stuff can be over-processed. So you really have to watch because I guess, again, people kind of assume if you're a vegan or vegetarian or green only eater, you're very healthy. No, no, you can still, as, as my nutritionist once told me, French fries and beer are vegan. And Either one in excess aren't good for you for a number of reasons, any number of reasons, of course. Um, so, yeah, you really have to watch with your eating habits in that regard, too, if you're green only. But, yeah, you can still get it from yeah th those sources and more. And, again, the healthier versions of that for sure. And, you know, on Matt's website, The Apathetic Vegan, it's not just eating like a vegetarian. There are a lot of other pointers on there, all of his interviews, and he's even got recipes on there for green eating. So tell, uh, tell everybody a little bit more about it, because I know I'm probably missing something here, Matt. <laughs> no, that's fine. It's certainly evolved in the three plus years that I've had it. And um, it, it really, like I said, I kind of started it gearing it toward people that were curious about the lifestyle and the details behind a diet that is green only, but might've been, you know, scared off from the negative examples in their past or the stereotypes that they see online, or maybe they're too embarrassed to make the transition. And to me, I kind of transferred that over to like exercising yoga, especially because for people that wouldn't do it for any number of reasons. And I was one of them for a while as well. It, my logic was, let me show them it doesn't have to be difficult, and there's no questions that are dumb, and I want to be that voice for them. So I would also just kind of ask questions of people around me that I would have on the podcast and or just use real-life examples of how the road isn't always easy, but – I like to take advantage of just the better energy within me, and I want to kind of get that out to um, to everybody else in general. But I mean, it's it's one of those things where, as you know, TAV continues to expand. 
and I've gotten deeper into my life's journey, I've really kind of shared that on the podcast. And like one of the things is how important positive thinking and the energy behind it is and embracing what the universe can bring you through the law of attraction. And that's kind of coupled with talking with a whole host of artists and different people from those various genres and all the passion and whatnot that they bring to their different art forms and everything in between. So I'd like to just focus on the positivity behind the funny part of the journey and what brings us to this and about taking the best from the worst or the awkward or the difficult. Because I think, again, how many times have I said in this podcast, let alone in general, it doesn't have to be complicated. And if we just start with a good headspace and a positive energy, so much can be accomplished. If I mean, a big part of your podcast is, like you said, starting simple. So what are three simple things that people can do to make themselves a little bit healthier? Yeah, I well, great question of Again, how many, uh, I certainly belabor this, but um, baby steps, baby steps, baby steps. I've said that for so long and it's what helped me. If you're somebody that can quit smoking stone cold or quit drinking soda or eating bad foods or any number of bad habits or whatever, God bless you, do it. But if you're somebody that can't and figures, well, if I can't go 100%, I may as well not do anything at all. That's not good either. So just start slowly. If you smoke too much, smoke a little less during the day. If you go out to eat five times a week, start with going four. There you go. So it, it doesn't have to be a big deal. And of course, the second thing is ask questions a again. And I, it's such a cliche. Oh, there's no dumb questions. I, I've certainly asked a few myself, believe me, but you, you don't, don't stop asking questions. Don't stop learning. Don't stop exploring this journey and always be curious, always be interrogative and certainly, you know, kind of question all sources as well. Cause there's a lot of biases out there. I think the food pyramid is a great example of how that was such like the, 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 the gold standard of what we should be eating, but then you look behind it and yeah, there's this lobby or that lobby influencing the government or the FDA. And you just kind of like learn from that. Like, okay, some of it might be good. Some of it might be bought. So I'm going to take the best from it, but also double, triple and quadruple check. And then from there, honestly, just, you know, embrace a better lifestyle, embrace an active lifestyle from a positive standpoint. Don't force yourself into it. Don't let somebody else kind of neg you into doing it. Do it for yourself first and then do it for your family and friends. Do it for people around you. You know, I think one of the best things is if you're in a relationship with somebody, that is such a great way to get healthy together. Or if she's already healthy, but you're kind of like lagging in that regard, you can be like, all right, honey, I'll go running with you. You know, she doesn't mind, of course. You know, that might be her therapy where she needs a break or something like that. But it's like one of those things where there's so much good that can come from it, even if it's not a romantic relationship, even if you just do it with a friend or a family member or alone, whatever. Just do it from a good headspace. You know, again, no doubt that sounds corny, but I really have found it is vital and it's really changed my life for the better. Now, since you've been a vegetarian for quite some time now, were there any misconceptions that people had about you? Yeah, I mean, just, well, because I'm not exactly somebody who's not, not a talker, obviously, um, and, and I'm certainly a question asker, and, and again, I, I love learning and just exploring life in that regard. No, nobody was really surprised because I didn't necessarily hold back, and I never did it in a, in a very pushy or militant way. Um, I, I, again, I'm the last of five, uncle of 10. My dad's still with us. He's 80 plus. He's pretty healthy. He's 80 year olds go. And, you know, we all talk about it and especially at barbecues, you know, the big family barbecues, my family's, um, German, Dutch, and Italian. So, you know, how the Italian side goes. I think your background is Italian as well. So, you know, the stereotypes that go with that. And of course, if some of my grandparents were around, they would really be busting my chops. Like, oh my God, you're a green only eater. But I got away from like a lot of the more carby stuff. That is a big mainstay of, you know, the Italian diet. And, um, 
But yeah, you know, we'll talk about it. We'll explore it. And nobody was really surprised by it. And I certainly wasn't surprised by their reactions because, again, we don't hold back. We're very honest. We're very open. We all love each other. But we show love kind of by breaking stones, by being sarcastic, by having a good sense of humor, thick skin and, you know, all that good stuff. I know you have other people on your show, but when you're going to the gym, what are the podcasts that you like to listen to? Well, oh, God, at the moment. I would say I listen to like one medical focused podcast hosted by a doctor uh, who's anything but the stereotype. So, you know, I definitely love that because I love, you know, breaking stereotypes myself and walking contradictions. But other than that, it's pretty much all comedy podcasts or ones hosted by comedians that make up the rest of what I enjoy. Um, I used to kind of listen to like a lot of current event or political PCs back in the day, but I found that because they always kind of went into like the, the negative and especially these days, it's all, at least from whatever standpoint you come at, it's all kind of negative. I just stopped listening to them. So yeah, I pretty much just keep it comedically focused and, you know, just <laughs> stuff that I find funny. Okay. What's the name of the medical podcast that you listen to? It is called Weird Medicine with Dr. Steve, and your listeners might be fans of it, might know about him or not. I imagine most of mine don't, but I've been listening to him for years. He was on um, the uh, the radio back in the day. I think he's got a, a channel or he's, he has a radio show on Sirius XM, and I think he was on, he was. Uh, yeah, he was on ONA or Opie and Anthony back in the day when they were on uh, satellite radio. And that's how he got on my radar. And very funny, very smart, very plain spoken. He's from Tennessee, so he's got a little bit of the accent. And there's not an accent that I don't love, especially from a dude from South Jersey who's told I have a very thick accent, I'm told. So I certainly appreciate him. And again, he doesn't hold back. He'll drop the bombs on his podcast, but he comes from a good place and a genuine place. And that's what I love most about listening to him and the people he talks with. And like he has his wife on a lot or his friends. He's very genuine in wanting to help people. Again, he'll be a little vulgar. He takes a lot of questions that are a little more, you know, kind of absurd or whatnot or deal with, you know, some awkward things. But the way he approaches it, I, I think is great. Now, we have a portion of the show and it's called Shameless Self-Promotion. Shameless Self-Promotion. And this is where you can let our listeners know where they can get in touch with you or follow you on social media or anything else about your podcast or whatever else is going on that you'd like to tell them about. You know, it's funny. I know this all wrote by now, so hopefully it won't sound too mechanical, but it all starts at theapatheticvegan.com. If you're curious about any green focus recipes with kind of like an ironic intro, um, go there. There's a recipe section. I also have a blogging component where I've written positivity articles or articles with more of like a humorous bent. And I have links to old TAVPCs and of course, Apathetic Vegan Media. That's on Twitter, Facebook, and printer and Pinterest, which is also, you know, and I also have links to other media and creative endeavors that I'm uh, working on as well, if anyone is so curious. And his name is Matt Preston, host of The Apathetic Vegan. Matt, thank you so much for coming on the show. Jim, I thank you very much. You're a great guy. You're a great interviewer. And you have patience as long as the state of Jersey, which is a great thing. <laughs> <laughs> Today's podcast is being presented by Podgo. You know, I have a lot of podcasters that appear on the show because they want to promote their show. I know lots of them want to monetize their show as well. Well, Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast if you've got one. And providing podcasts with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co, 
at podgo.co. And don't forget to mention, how did you hear about Podgo? Just say, too many podcasts. Thanks. And now it's time for Sherpa Suggestions. So for this week's Sherpa Suggestions, I figured, in addition to Matt's podcast, The Apathetic Vegan, I'd recommend a bunch of other podcasts that you'd like to check out if you like his podcast, and also check out his website too. It's really interesting if you're interested in vegetarianism. But here are some podcasts that have to do with veganism and vegetarianism. We have The Ordinary Vegan Podcast, Food for Thought, The Joys and Benefits of Living Vegan, BHL Fit Club, The Minimalist Vegan Podcast, Jacked on the Beanstalk, the podcast, that's my favorite title, (laughs) Main Street Vegan, Plant for Life, the Nutrition Translator Podcast, and Jazzy Vegetarian, who is a lady named Laura Theodore. They call her the Jazzy Vegetarian. Okay. Lima beans. Thanks a lot to Matt Preston, host of the Apathetic Vegan Podcast. And if you check out his show and you like it, you should be able to find it on your favorite podcast app. And speaking of things you can find on your favorite podcast app, how about this show? And if you can't find it, or you don't have a favorite podcast app, shame on you, shame on you rebels. You can listen to this show on my website, SherpaLution.com. All the shows are there. Seasons one through four. And when season five comes around in the fall, You can hear it there, too. All of them. Every one of them is there. Also, Sharp Pollution is an important word because that's how you get to follow me on social media. Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Just use Sharp Pollution. Follow the podcast and subscribe. And you can hear every episode when they come out. And if you can, please leave a nice review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or iHeartRadio. Share the episode on your social media pages. I'm sure you have a social media page. Share it. Share it, please. Let people know about the share pollution and the silliness that they can check out. Hope you're having a good time. And next week, it's going to be, wait a minute, what do you do week? We will have two episodes again. And one will be an episode with an opera singer. And we will be talking about opera. And another one, a guy who calls himself Lion Man. Yep, Lion Man. And he lives off the land, and he will be talking about living off the land. I'll just leave it at that. Mr. Bruce, if you could please pass out the carrot sticks, you won't have to show anyone to the door this week. I will do that. I'll be the little guy with the banana. No, I don't own a monkey. It's just me. Viva la sharp pollution, everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening to Too Many Podcasts. Please disperse. You can go home now. I said you can go home now. Viva la Chapalition. Viva la Chapalition. <coughs> oh. Yeah, I'll come back now, you hear? <laughs>